up, my ghosts and ghouls? Welcome back to Astro Skeptic, the astrology podcast for skeptics. This season two, episode 12, and the seventh installment of our Planets en Ascent series. Today, today, we are going to be talking maturely all about Uranus. <laughs> Friendly reminder to please please, please leave us a really nice rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on the medias at Astro Skeptic Pod. You can also find us at astroskeptic.org and you can learn more about each of our episodes. You can also submit comments or questions to be answered right here on this very podcast. But before we get into it today, friendly reminder, we do not censor for content or language, so listener discretion is always advised. And we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the pod moving forward and what you can expect from the rest of this season. What's up, Paige? Um, okay, so, <clears throat> Reva, how about you tell us yeah. your news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, heads up, guys. This will be my last season of Astro Skeptic. Uh, life looks quite a bit different for me now than it did back when this journey began. Um, work is just taken off for me. I've added hours and lots of responsibilities, including becoming a manager at my place of employment. And that just has, it It entails so, so, so much more. Um, so I will continue to be like popping up on the pod, like guest things, I don't know, just coming through to hang every now and then. <laughs> but henceforth, it's gonna be Paige's sweet baby. And she's going to be running the show in its entirety. It's going to be my... Basically, you're going to have to deal with a lot less swearing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, but, yeah. If yeah, you go off and depends. there's no one here to <laughs> mitigate that... <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do plan... So, Reva's basically all grown up now. No. But, um, obviously, her time here has been invaluable. Um... Super happy for her, living the dream, living her dream. She's glowing. But, um, yeah, so after this season, I'm kind of going to have to, and I've been doing it a little bit already, just kind of. 100%. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is I'm just going to have to kind of figure out what the future looks like with just me taking, you know, the wheel, so to say. I mean, you've always had the fucking wheel, well, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but. You know what I mean. So I I'm mean. I'm going to try to figure out what exactly that means in practice, what yeah. what each episode's going to look like, what the themes are going to be. I'm probably going to have a lot more guests. Very likely that my dad will become a regular guest. Um, but like Reva said, she's just basically stepping back. Um, I mean, significantly, but <laughs> she's not she's going from co-host full-time to guest host. So, mm -hmm. she's not disappearing. Not disappearing. You don't have to mourn her if you don't know her in real life. <laughs> You'll hear her voice again. Wow. Do, are there people that <laughs> care that much? I don't know. Every time I drop an episode, because I drop it, I schedule to drop at midnight. Yeah. And, you know, most of the time when I wake up, I just, just go look and see. Sure. And there will always be at least, like, three listens. Hmm. By the time I wake up, and it's got, and I'm pretty sure that we have some listeners in Europe. Right, because mm -hmm. there it's later for them there. So we've got some people. Man. Or it's probably if you drop it at midnight, it's like six, seven a.m. there. Right. Yeah. So. So they're listening to it on their fucking. I don't know. Morning yet. commute, their yeah. walk with on their the, on the bus petite on baguette. the tram <laughs> with their un cafe. I think yeah. I think there's like a very dedicated listener. I think in Ireland or something. Well, dude, all right, dedicated listener in Ireland, fucking hit us up. <laughs> hit make me up, your, bro. Make yourself known. <laughs> Show yourself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. You will be missed, Reba. Yeah, but I, I ain't ghosting. No, oh, yeah, she ain't ghosting. I'm still around. Still hanging tight. Hanging high and tight. <laughs> yeah, and if you are in the Metro Grand Rapids area, you can find Reba. You can find me. You I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get much more specific than that. Yeah, but you, you can could, find her, you find me. and you might be able to pay for her to do things to you. <laughs> Play your fucking cards right, guys, and I'll do just about anything to you. <laughs> All right. So the rest of this season, um, pretty predictable. We're gonna do Uranus today, Neptune next week, 
Pluto after that. And then I'm going to do actually another guest episode where we talk more about Pluto. Um, all I'll say is that he is an astrologer and he will be chatting with me all things Pluto. So mm -hmm. more to come on that. Mm -hmm. And then our final episode, well, our final episode in our series is going to be the sun, right? Your guys' reward for all of your hard work. Mm -hmm. I know some of you aren't listening to every planet episode and that's fine. You can do what you want, but I'm judging you. Yeah, you should just listen to like well-rounded education, guys. There's so many more listens to the Mars episode than the Venus episode and the Mercury. Really? Episode. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, maybe we know some, who has anger like, management issues, right? Well, it's like maybe some people are just coming for the astronomy, man. What? <laughs> You're kidding? No, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but I will say, if they were, then yeah, Mars would had the most because we know the most. That's but... true. You cried over a robot. That is true. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> um. Anyway, so then after the sun, we'll probably do like a wrap up episode, and then we'll break. And... You could drop some Q and A's, listeners, yes, if you want. We will yeah. talk. Yeah, we'll remind you to do that. Um, and then yeah, and then I'm just gonna try to figure out my life. So aren't we all? You can, you know, keep an eye out on social media. Maybe I'll pop up on your TikToks. Oh, my God. We'll see. I don't know. Cool. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's Uranus. get into Uranus. Let's I mean, get in her. <laughs> let's get in her. Uranus. Glove up, everyone. <laughs> Uranus in mythology. Okay, Reva, start us off in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. Cool. All right. Messy, messy Uranus. Messy Uranus? Messy, comma, Uranus. Ew. Okay, henceforth, we're going to keep it really fucking mature, guys. For sure. All right? In Mesopotamia, <laughs> Uranus was represented by the sky god Anu. Anu belonged to the oldest generation of Mesopotamian gods and was arguably the highest god in the religion. Despite his stature, Anu only played a small role in mythology, hymns, and other cults within the culture. He was father of all gods and evil entities and demons, most notably Lamashtu, who preyed on infants. That's not nice. <laughs> his major roles were as an authority figure, decision maker, and progenitor. In heaven, he des designates power to the other gods and has the ability to increase or de decrease their status at will. While on earth, he grants kingship and his decisions are regarded as final and truly unalterable. But as history progresses, Anu seems to share or defer his power as his children, particular Marduk, rise to power. Despite his somewhat withdrawal into the background, he always retained his essential character and high status throughout Mesopotamian history. In fact, when other gods were elevated to a position of leadership, they were often said to receive the Anutu, or the Anu power. Beautiful. In Greek's anus, I mean, in Greek mythology, Uranus personified the heavens. According to Hesiod's Theogony, Gaia, emerging from primeval chaos, as I do every morning, <laughs> produced Uranus somehow. It seems as though she created Uranus primarily to be her mate because they quickly got together and populated the cosmos. Mm. Their offspring included the 12 Titans, the Cyclopses, and the Hecatonchires. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uranus notoriously hated his children and became paranoid that they would rise up against him to take control of the cosmos. Sounds familiar. His fear promptly transformed into a self-fulfilling prophecy as Gaia grew to resent him for the way he treated her children and eventually urged them to overthrow him. Cronus was the only of her children to respond to her calls and, at the dawn of time overthrew his father by castrating him and throwing his severed genitals into the sea, from which sprang entire races of creatures, as well as the beautiful Aphrodite. Hmm. If you struggle to understand the logic behind the Greeks' idea of the creation of the universe, you're not alone. To help you understand the significance of Uranus, it's best not to think of him as a typical deity. He was essentially the heavens imagined as an independent being. His highly metaphorical existence made him something 
akin to a force or essence. The male half of a duality that together with Gaia formed all things. And at the risk of confusing you even more, we'll just move on to the Romans. But first, I'd just like to remind you that we are all descendant from some dude's balls. <laughs> Chopped off balls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In Roman mythology, Uranus was called Colus and was virtually identical in characteristics and in mythos to his Greek counterpart. The only major difference we found in our research was that the Roman philosopher Cicero theorized that Colus's parents were the two ancient Roman deities, Aether and Dies, whatever. Cicero also declares him as the father of Mercury instead of Jupiter. Hmm. It's a lot to keep straight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now let's move on to astronomology. Uranus is the seventh planet from the sun with an average orbital distance of 1.8 billion miles away. One day on Uranus is about 17 Earth hours. Wow. One year is about 84 Earth years. Wow. Uranus has the third largest diameter in the solar system with a radius of 15,759.2 miles. It is four times wider than Earth. If Earth was a nickel, Uranus would be a softball. Damn. Similar to Venus, Uranus's axial tilt and rotation is much different than the rest of the planets. Uranus has an axial tilt of about 90 degrees, meaning it rotates completely on its side. Hmm. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I'm learning so much about Uranus. <laughs> about Uranus. <laughs> um, there are 13 faint rings and 27 small moons orbiting Uranus. <laughs> it takes sunlight approximately 2 hours and 40 minutes to travel to. Say it again. Uranus. <laughs> All right. Well, most of the satellites orbiting the other planets get their names from Greek or Roman mythology. Uranus's moons are uniquely named for characters from the works of William Shakespeare and Alexander Pope. Most of the inner moons appear to be made of ice and rock, while the outer moons are still mostly a mystery. Probably aliens. The planet itself is one of two ice giants in our solar system, the other being Neptune, and Uranus's average temperature is negative 320 degrees Fahrenheit, but has recorded temperatures as low as negative 371 degrees Fahrenheit in some places, which is colder than the coldest temperature ever recorded so far, which was on Neptune. Uranus was first discovered by William Herschel on March 13, 1781. He first noticed the planet when he was observing stars with his telescope that were too dim to see with the naked eye. With the help of observations recorded by German astronomer Johann Bode, scientists were able to confirm its planetary status two years later. Herschel originally wanted to name the planet Georgium Sidus after the king, King George. Bode, however, Bode, Bode, Bode. However, suggested following the current naming convention of Roman mythology and suggested the name of Saturn's father, Uranus. Bode's name was much more popular and eventually adopted as the official name of the planet. I just wonder which came, like, did anus, the word, and biological, physical thing exist before... <laughs> I don't know. Uranus? Well, no. <laughs> Why did we You know what? It? No, you know what? It, Uranus probably came first because Uranus was the Roman Yeah, and God, English didn't and exist. And English wasn't really a thing because they so spoke Latin. So Anus came after Uranus. <laughs> and I think English might be the only language now. I mean, I don't know. Every, <laughs> every word for butthole, basically, or butt. But um, I think our language is the only language that... That even has this problem with your right, we, like, but it is a problem. <laughs> it is, it's a huge fucking problem. <laughs> but I will say, um, I feel like the moons, like when I'm thinking about like the moons of Uranus, I'm thinking about hemorrhoids. When I'm thinking <laughs> about sure. 
when I'm thinking about how it takes sunlight approximately two hours and 40 minutes to travel to Uranus, I think about like, you know, how old timers, old timers would be like, I'm going to hit you or kick you right where the sun don't shine or whatever. Uh-huh. That's what I think of. Uh-huh. I just think about, uh-huh. I'm just thinking about butthole. Just thinking about butts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how do we know all this about mm-hmm. Uranus? I mean, Uranus. Um, we haven't been to Uranus. I mean, we haven't been to Uranus that much. God help us, man. But let me tell you what we know and how we know it. So, in the 1700s and the 1800s, we basically, through telescopes, discover the rest of the known Uranian moons. Then, in 1948, we discovered another one called Miranda. In 1977, scientists at the Kuiper Airborne Observatory and the Perth Observatory in Australia were eager for a rare chance to observe the distant planet, which eventually led to a major discovery. Uranus, like Saturn, is encircled with rings. We saw the rings. Right. Right. Of Uranus. Um, 1986, NASA's Voyager 2 made the first... And so far, the only visit to Uranus, Mm -hmm. the spacecraft came within 50,600 miles of Uranus and discovered 10 new moons, two new rings, and a magnetic field stronger than that of Saturn. Wild. In 2005, NASA announces the discovery of a new pair of rings around Uranus. Mm Mm-hmm. And two new small moons orbiting the planet from photographs taken by the Hubble Space Telescope. In 2006, observations made at the Keck Observatory and by the Hubble Space Telescope show that Uranus's outer ring is colored blue, while the new inner ring is red. Get that checked out. 2007, um... Uranus reaches equinox, and equinox is when the planet is fully illuminated as the sun passes over its equator. Interesting. 2011, the New Horizons craft passes the orbit of Uranus on its way to Pluto, becoming the first spacecraft to journey beyond Uranus's orbit since Voyager 2. However, Uranus was not near the crossing point, and the spacecraft is mostly asleep during its eight-year interplanetary trek from Jupiter to Pluto, so it didn't see that much. Okay. And that's about it. So yeah. there's still a lot to discover about yeah, I mean, Uranus. I'm looking at the I'm looking at pictures of it, and it's just like very it's blue. blue. Yes, it's very blue. Just blue. I think it's blue because... Uranus, this is from nasa.com, solarsystem.nasa.gov. Uranus gets its blue-green color from methane gas in the atmosphere. Mm, that's unfortunate. I know, right? It God just never ends. <laughs> Sunlight passes through the atmosphere and is reflected back out by Uranus's cloud tops. Methane gas absorbs the red portion of the light, resulting in a blue-green color. Hmm. So lots of fart. Lots of butt lots stuff of happening. Lots of butt stuff happening way far away. Mm. But okay. I will say, like, so one thing I've read about Uranus when we're talking about how it's an ice giant, NASA's website said that Uranus is 80% or more a hot, dense fluid of icy material. Riddle that to me. A hot, dense fluid of icy material. I mean, shit just like... It's hot, but it's icy. Well, maybe it's hot in the middle and cold on top, just like us sometimes. I I don't know. And then it has a rocky core, which can reach, uh, reach up to 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, how, how hot does Earth's core get? Hey, Siri, how hot does Earth's core get? Here's an answer from Wikipedia. Ew. Earth's core is made of solid iron and nickel, and 
is at about 5000, 6000 degrees Celsius. Okay, so 5000 to 6000 degrees Celsius, That's which... got to be more than... Hey Siri, <laughs> how hot is 5000 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? 5000 degrees Celsius is 9032 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's probably comparable. It's fucking hot, mate. Why is your Siri male? Because it's hot. <laughs> Siri is not a man's name. Yeah, and he's Australian. <laughs> Mine is female Australian Siri. Into the, I, ca into the Aust car part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Australian Siri is... Tin list. Is, is next level. Tin lift. <laughs> yeah. Tin lift into the car park. <laughs> <laughs> I saw um, on TikTok this American chick was like, addressing australians and she was like so what do you guys say marjar jar jar what like mojo jojo from Powerpuff <laughs> girls and then like this australian chick it just cut to her and she's like bawling and she's like yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i thought that was funny marjar jar jar that's is that your Australian accent? That's how she said it. No, I don't, I can't even. I couldn't even. Try it's it. hard. Oh, I get water. Yeah. Afraid of the water. water. Is a croc. Is it's, a right it's croc. A croc in the water. Yeah, it's a croc in the water. Steve Owen. Hey, <laughs> he's got a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, they found him in the bush. Hey, he was in the bush. bush. He was in the bush. <laughs> the bush. Now I'm fucked up. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard, man. I gotta watch more Love Island Australia. That's, that's what I need to do. All right, Paige. All right. Are you gonna tell us about what Uranus means in astrology? I'll tell you about what Uranus means. Cool. I need to know. Okay. Uranus in astrology is the energy of awakening and sudden change. Okay. That is per Roy, his words. Okay. It's how we invent. It is all about drastic change. It's the upsetter. Uranus comes in. Explosion of shit. Okay. Um, it's about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't even. Dude, I didn't even. I didn't do that on purpose. You really, didn't no. do that on purpose. You said it. Uranus comes in. Explosion of shit, and you didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> No! You're uh, gonna play innocent? I, I, dude, scouts fucking honor. Hand to God. I would admit Hand it, God. okay? It was unfortunate or fortunate, depending on who you are. Okay, anyway, with Uranus, you have to always expect the unexpected. It's mad scientist vibe, okay? When Uranus was discovered, it was 1781, mm -hmm. like we said, with yeah. Herschel yeah, and yeah. all them. And it's actually very fitting because around that time was a lot of upheaval, unrest. It was a time of industrial growth, political change. Think about the, you, you know, the American Revolution. The French Revolution. The, yeah, the Revolution Française. Revolution Française. <laughs> and um, the birth of the United States, right, which is... All about personal freedom, independence, revolting, new world type shit that is very Uranus. Uranus is sudden, exciting, earth-shattering change, which can be great and can be dangerous, mm -hmm. right? Um, it represents creation and creative power, especially of the human will, talking about invention novelty new ideas new ways of thinking new ways of thinking about things new ways of living new ways of being and mostly it is about radical change it is future oriented it's all about being modern so if you think about uranus rules Aquarius in modern astrology. In traditional astrology, um, Aquarius is co-ruled with Capricorn by Saturn. Okay. But in modern astrology, it is also ruled by Uranus. 
And Aquarius is very much the answer to Capricorn, which we talked about last season. And Capricorn is all kind of about like tradition, you know, effective use of resources, practicality, mm-hmm. you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Whereas mm-hmm. Aquarius is like, just fix it, break it, change it, even yeah. if you don't need to. Uranus mm-hmm. is very much like that as well. So in astrology, in your birth chart, Uranus is going to be indicative of how you invent your inventive side, how you excite and surprise people or yourselves, how you're different, how you're eccentric, Hmm. if you're eccentric, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It can be very indicative of, you know, intelligence, brilliance. It can be indicative of some, if it's very strong in somebody's chart, they can be a very rebellious person. Um, It shows you kind of where you are most comfortable, most likely to break the rules, bend the rules. Mm -hmm you know, march to the beat of your own drum. Mm -hmm. Um, It can have a lot to do with your political views, especially when it comes to, like, the, you know, causes that you stand for, fight for, things Mm -hmm. like that. And where you question the status quo, right? It also, undoubtedly, has a lot to do with technology, right? So it rules Aquarius, Aquarius, Uranus, all, because... Technology is like the most future forward thinking concept, mm-hmm. right? That ever existed. And mm-hmm. so Uranus is all about technology. People with strong Uranus in their charts are going to be very tech savvy, tech driven, tech interested, right? The placement, the aspects of Uranus in your chart can be indicative of your relationship with technology and how it plays out for you. So because Uranus is pretty far away, it's considered more of a generational type of planet, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to sign placement, because everybody within a seven year period is going to have the same Uranus sign. The house placement is really what's going to be most indicative of your own personal relationship with Uranus, but... The sign is still going to flavor that. But I think it's very interesting because, you know, the further out you get, the more you're kind of able to look at generational divides, generational changes. And trends. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody in our seven-year generation, right, which is like we are the tail end of millennials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we all have our Uranus in Capricorn. Right, and so Capricorn. So wait, what year is what years is that? I should look that up. So if you were born between nineteen eighty-eight and nineteen ninety-six, basically. Well, that's not eight years. Well, because sometimes it goes retrograde. Mm. So it's. Really from February 14, 1988 to May 26, 1988, then December 2nd, 1988 to April 1st, 1995, then June 8th, 1995 to Jan 12, 1996. So those in-between dates, it went retrograde probably into Sagittarius. Interesting. It comes back. Wow. The retrograde, for all you newbies, basically is when from Earth's perspective, it looks like a planet is moving backwards. It's not really. It's just because, you know, we're looking at it from our perspective while we're also orbiting Mm -hmm. the sun. So from our perspective, Uranus would then go backwards into the sign before it and then return. So Got it. Okay. Generally seven years. Okay. But if you were born between 1988 and 1996, you could have it in Capricorn. You might have it in Sagittarius. Okay. All depends. Okay. Uranus and Capricorn, at least my generation, I feel like, so Capricorn is like all about tradition, you know, the way things have been done, curmudgeonly old men, Mm -hmm. get out of my yard type shit. Mm -hmm. Whereas Uranus is obviously like more Aquarian, wants to fucking shake shit up, change shit. And I feel like that's very indicative when you think about technology, right? So 
like the internet and technology kind of was born right in the 80s maybe late 70s 80s kind of started getting 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 mm-hmm. but then by the time that our you know seven year little mini generation was born it kind of just took off right the mm-hmm. computer the computer mm-hmm. and the internet and i think that our generation the tail end of millennials cuz my brother was an older millennial and you know he he was familiar with computers and stuff but it was really i feel like us the younger millennials who like from age seven i was on the computer you know what i mean like i I grew up i didn't have a computer until i was 11 well that's you're a little bit older than me too but that's Mm, also i mean your parents probably were smarter than my my mom just parents gave me unfettered access to the internet and it it radically imprinted on my mind i don't know for the good and the bad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um the early days of the internet were wild man and that yeah it was it was so much dumb shit it was the wild west dude yeah it was crazy but i feel like our generation was the one that like that's like a part of like you know our coming of age story is like you know footyjunk.com and fucking mm-hmm. myspace and shit like that and bombs world yes mm-hmm. home like, star runner yes zanga <laughs> yeah yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah aim <laughs> away messages like MSN. that yeah like that's and like i feel like that's uranus in capricorn saying like we are changing what it means to be growing up you know what i mean because this hmm. is totally changing like imagine, I mean, just think about the difference between our adolescence and our parents' adolescence. I mean, right? I wish I didn't. I wish I could have grown up without a fucking computer, man. Uh, well, yeah, but the grass is always greener. Right? I know, and that's also because you're hella Capricorn and you're very much like <laughs> I miss the way it was. We need to go sure. back the way it's things true. were. Simpler times. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, that is another, I feel like as we get older millennials, a lot of us, like, I feel like every generation is nostalgic and maybe it's just because we're so present on the internet, but I really feel like our generation is like hearkening for simpler times. Like, yeah, hardcore. I mean, dude, fuck it. 9-11 fucked us, man. We've been fucked ever since. I think we all just want the world to slow down a little bit, just be left alone with our animals and our yards and porches mm-hmm. and not i think like we play into the rat race of the internet but i think it's all like i think it's funny because we were kind of like the pioneers of the internet if you will yeah but when but, it was chill man. right well that's my thing yeah and but now see gen z who um like the generation after us you know the the seven years or whatever they would have their Uranus and Aquarius, which is going to take, you know, the change that we had mm. and just like go nuts with it. Yeah. It's all about technology, which is exactly what happened. The TikTok. Right. They went from, oh, we're on the computer to, oh, our phone's a computer. And yeah. like, oh, we're not on the Internet. We're not on a web browser. We're on our the apps on our phones. Right. Like, right. We, we don't just come home from school and get on the computer we're always on the computer. Yeah, so the computer up. is our life. You know it's what I mean? So fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. And our generation is like, hard. we miss the old computer, the simpler the computer. The desktop. Yeah. That took forever to turn on mm-hmm. and would freeze all the time. Oh and you God. were like illegally downloading fucking Moulin Rouge soundtrack yeah. onto LimeWire. On LimeWire. <laughs> yep. And you get a virus. Or you download a song and it would be like, the totally wrong name yeah, for a song. And it would like be that super tinny sound. Oh yeah, you know? or it would be like it would be like music fifty eight dot com. Yeah. And then it would... <laughs> Yeah, like music fifty eight. Yeah, like at the end like DJ Yeah. <laughs> Dude, those are good oh, times. So wonderful. <laughs> yeah. See, back when the imagine like imagine saying back when the internet was simple. Like that feels like uh what do they call like um what is that called? I don't know. What like jumbo it? shrimp. What is that? What? An oxymoron? Yes. Jumbo <laughs> shrimp. What is like the simpler internet. You know what I mean? Where it's like the yeah. internet is so... But it was. Like the I old mean, like, internet. There was a bunch of weird porn on it, but also like a bunch of weird videos, like animated videos. YouTube didn't exist yet. Yeah. So you went to homestarrunner.com to watch the same fucking thing yeah. over and over and over. Yeah. Does e-bombs world even still exist? <sighs> 
I don't Let's know. not look. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's look. probably some. It's probably transformed into some it's weird. Shit. Weird. It's gotten super weird. So okay, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, and so like that whole generational, right? You can see how like the sign is more of a generational thing. Whereas like, okay, what house you have it in is going to be way more personal mm. to you. So right. are we both in Capricorn? Yeah, we're both Cap. Cap. We both got caps on Uranus. Hell yeah. Capped Uranus. Hell cap. Uh, hell cap. Yeah. We got the butt plug in. Cap. God. No cap. What houses are they in? That's what was, we will discuss. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, quick. Before we get into that, I want to read. Because um, Roy comes in. You know, Roy's obviously got a great section on Uranus in his book. But he has a great quote talking about, you know, the positive and the negative of Uranus. So in addition to everything I said before, Uranus can also be like um, know-it-all type energy, which Aquarius can be too, which is just kind of like very smart, very innovative, but also like I'm smarter than everybody and you're a fucking idiot. And if you disagree with me, you're objectively wrong. I will die on this hill. I will die on every hill about this. And so Roy has, I think, does a really good job in this quote where he says, a well-placed Uranus may indicate that we have innovative talent, but we should recognize that personal brilliance alone can have its limitations. We should avoid being didactic about scientific truth and vital social causes. Uranian arrogance can impose change on others for their own good, whether or not they want or need it. Mm -hmm. And I also found a quote during my research from advanced-astrology.com, which is, as I've said before, a great resource, one of my favorite places on the internet. Um, Quote from them, Uranus is a planet passionate about the future, and it wants to destroy the old, and suffocating traditions. It is oriented on the future and making things differently. However, when dealing with Uranus in astrology, it's important to keep in mind that when you destruct the old, you have to replace it with something mm, better. Mm, I feel like that's not Uranus's forte, right? Well, it's mostly just concerned. It, I mean, it's future-oriented, but I think sometimes, you know, you can get caught up in just hating what what's there so bad right now, right? Like, a lot of people, like, a good example is, like, hating the healthcare system, which I hate so much. People want to destroy it, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to replace it with something that's better, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that's, like, the biggest issue, I think, with with all political issues is that, like, yeah, we can identify that something sucks, but then it's like, okay, well, we have, we can get rid of it, but we have to replace it with something. Right. And that's the problem you know what i mean because a lot of people some people will think that anything is better than this right so they'll just ruin they'll get rid of you know something some institution some way of being and then replace it with whatever is available and it sucks just as bad well it's a power vacuum man i mean yeah but yeah that yep what are they like yeah yeah that makes sense so, you know, everything's all about balance. And, you know, I'll bring my Libra Harmony. energy in. You gotta find the balance. Harmony. Namaste. Yin and Yang. Okay. So, to help you guys try to think about how Uranus, how your Uranus, mm-hmm. how your anus really helps define you. Mm-hmm. Contextualize it. We will talk about our own anuses. Oh my God, real quick. Okay, so we talked a little bit about um, just Capricorn in general. But I think that one thing that in my research that I that kind of stood out to me is that Capricorn, as we've talked before, is all about using resources effectively, right? Like being very practical. Mm-hmm. And I think that our generation... The, you know, the younger millennials were huge, especially me, on sustainability and environmentalism, right? We want to use everything mm-hmm. as effectively and sustainably as we can. Mm-hmm. And we are, like, focused on the environment about it. But, it, you know, you can use it. You can argue that any sustainable action, whether it's, you know, all about saving the environment or not, is ultimately saving money, saving resources, saving time. So I think that that's a huge thing for our generation. We're big on efficiency. And another thing um, is 
Capricorn, especially like if you think about the 10th house, which Capricorn rules, it's all about like career and jobs and authority, money, government. And I feel like that is something that as our generation is kind of coming into power is really changing that up. I mean, I know COVID had a lot to do with it, but just think about like how different people's careers look today. Mm -hmm. Like so many, like I work from home. So many people mm -hmm. are working from home mm -hmm. doing this, that, or the other thing. Some people like they just do shift orders all day. They go out and get people's mm -hmm. groceries. Like the idea of a job is changing a lot, especially. Sure. And I think our generation is spearheading that. I mean, cause we're the ones with the jobs right now. Right. Um, and also, I mean, money, think about how digital money has become as our generation has gotten older, you know, yeah. like, I think there are still holdouts from the older millennials and Gen Xers who, you know, they still don't understand Cash App or Venmo and they just want to pay in cash. And Well, some of us make tips, honey. Well, yeah, but you know you can put those tips in your bank account. Why would I do that when I can just have the money in my hand? Well, I mean, most places still take cash, right? right. But, like, I went to a restaurant the other day, right, in 2022, and they were cash only. And what everybody... Restaurant? You want me to put them on blast, motherfucking uh, the food, the real food cafe and oh, fucking for sure, for sure, whatever that neighborhood's called that uh -huh. I can't think of right now. Elder, yeah, Elder yeah. Heights, yeah. And I was like, everybody had to go to the ATM. I was like, this is dumb. Mm -hmm. They could have at least had better signage. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Fuck you. You're not real. I've never been. <laughs> not there. very. Everyone real. says it's really good. Yeah, the food is really good. Yeah. The waitresses. Just got a lot of attitude, you know sure, what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. Shit's authentic. For sure. Nope. And it's cash only because it's run by a bunch of boomers and Gen Xers, I'm mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, anyway, money has, you know, radically changed, especially integrated with technology. Um, and government is going through, well, I mean, I guess government's always going through, well, I don't know. Government's going through some changes, you know. Per usual, radical changes for the good or the bad. Well, fucking hopefully some changes, but I don't know. Well, some yeah. of them are forced, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's not always necessarily a, our fault. It's kind of just what's going on. <clears throat> okay. All right. So my anus, my Uranus is in the fifth house. Actually, conjunct. Actually. I think from from 1988 to 1998, there's this people, those people born in those days have their Uranus and Neptune conjunct. And it like happens only, you know, so ever, however many hundreds of years. So mm -hmm. that's like a thing I read about. I'll talk more about on that in the future. I don't know that much about it. But basically, you know, anytime two planets are conjunct, they affect each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we talk about Neptune next episode, we can probably touch more on how they might affect each other. Um. But anyway, so fifth house for me, got my Uranus up in there. Fifth house is, you know, all about creativity, how you express yourself. It's ruled by um, Leo and the sun. And it's basically about how you express yourself and how you are creative and how you have fun and how, like, it can also be about, like, casual dating and mm -hmm. just, like, your interests in general. Um, it's also about... Uh, it could be about children, having children, you know, the relationships you have with children, like if you're like kids or whatever, whatever, whatever. So I got Uranus up in there. Um, and I think the way that it affects me is that, so Uranus, right, it's all about being different, being unique, radical change, being eccentric. I think that that comes out in my creativity in a lot of ways. Like mm -hmm. I do things, the way that I'm creative is... It's kind of atypical, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, and the things that I do, right? Obviously, A, I do a podcast, which is more common than it used to be, but still, mm -hmm. how many friends do you have that do that? A few. Aunts, you actually. do, though. <laughs> you have, actually, you do. I do. It's just me and Brie, though, right? And uh, Abby. No, Chris, uh, a friend of theirs, and now kind of my friend Chris has a podcast, too. Oh. Um, I don't know any. I had another friend that did a podcast. I knew a few, a couple of people out in Portland that did podcasts. Dude, every, that's oh, well, a joke. Port like, everyone's got a Portland. fucking podcast these days. I guess. I don't know anybody personally that has one hmm. besides your friends. Hmm. Brie. Shout out Grey's Anatomy podcast, yeah. The Uncall Room. Right. <laughs> um, well, and then also just the, 
this shit that I do is weird. This shit that I say is weird. You know, just how I express myself, like I'm just weird. You know what I mean? You make a lot of sound effects. Yeah, I am. I am unique. I am strange, and that the my interests are typically weird. So you know, how so? Just morbid, strange. Well, I mean, you love crime shit. That's well, yeah. But I mean, I'm just into weird shit. I don't know. Everybody tells me all the time that I'm into weird shit. I'm trying to send you memes all the time and you're just like, what okay, the fuck? Sending fucking 20 memes a day, that is different okay. from being into weird shit. No, but you, every time I send you a meme, you are like, you send you, me. Because you send them with your Gemini ass energy. Which is what? <laughs> just sending me loud things on the okay. internet. Okay. <laughs> Like, oh, this is making, this They're is going to be fucking obnoxious. She's, okay. She's going to hate this. <laughs> well, yeah, that is part of it. But it's not always, like, loud. Like, I just have a weird-ass sense of humor, you right? Do. I have yeah, a weird-ass yeah, yeah. sense of humor. You do. Humor. You're on the internet too much, yeah. too. Yeah. Uranus. Yeah. Is the internet. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I am on the internet a lot. Yeah. I am on the internet in ways you could never imagine. I believe that. Um, so that, yeah, that's another thing. Like, I'm, I'm memes, man. And that's our gen. That's like the young millennials too. We have cornerstone the memes, right? Mm-hmm. Gen mm-hmm. Z's doing their own weird shit with the memes, but we created memes. Did you know that Gen Z doesn't really use? I'm gonna say GIF, but GIFs like they don't really. That's like a thing. Like it's like they. How can you spot a millennial in text? Is they're texting with GIFs? You know, I get that because I will say, I feel like it is a little like cliche to use a gift now beg your fucking pardon i still send them but i feel like it's just like sending a reaction gift is just it doesn't hit the same as it used to i disagree i think it depends on who's who's gifting i think it also depends on the gift because sometimes there's still a couple out there that are still like yeah yeah yeah. i think it depends completely on the context with which you're sending the gift but like if it's a baby just like making a face I mean, yeah. You know, I think it depends it again, but when you find the perfect gif, it slaps. I think. I'm yeah. not saying that I happens mean, all the time. But at the end of the day, a gif is just a video without noise, and Gen Zs are just sending videos constantly. So what's the real difference? Huh? They've got well, noise in their videos. I don't. I mean, yeah, they're just on FaceTime all the time or whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I. I don't know, man. I go through. I go through phases where I'm like, I kind of like Gen Z. And then I'm like, nah, they're fucking, no. I mean, they're on their own. They're on <laughs> oh, their own level, man. For real. For real, for real. They're doing their own thing, right. for sure. For real, on God, no cap. On bussin'. God, they bust Bussin', I cap. They're pushing. <laughs> no cap. Pushing P, man. <laughs> Wait, I have a list of slang that my nieces. Dude, I got my grandparents like a. <clears throat> Chuggy. Chuggy. Got clapped. Okay. Ate that. Ate that? Ate that. I fucked that shit up. That's what that means? Like, oh, I ate that? Sent me. Shit was hilarious. Caught in 4K. Caught red-handed. Have drip is to have jewelry bling style. Yeah, Yeah, I got drip. Chuggy is basic. Chuggy? I've never heard that one. Yeah, got clapped. I like that caught in 4K. That's funny. That's good. I'm about to use that. (laughs) You learned something. (laughs) I have a note that's called new slang. Now tell me that is an elder millennial as fuck. You're you're mid-tier millennial. I'm a young millennial. Yeah. You were born in 90, 1990? I was. I was. Yeah. I was born in 93. Okay. Yeah, you're a baby. Yeah. Anyway, caught in 4K. You're welcome. I, that's great. I really like See, that's my Uranus in my fifth house. Just loving that shit. I love, like, the new slang. Like, okay. I, I think part of it's my Gemini energy where, like, I'm just, I'm au courant. Like, I keep up with the trends. I keep up with the times. Mm-hmm. Even if I think Gen Zs are degenerates and weird, mm-hmm. I know what's up, right? Yeah, like, I'm, I've got I'm, my fingers on the pulse, yeah. okay? Yeah. And uh, that's very, like, Uranus in the fifth house where it's like, I need to be fresh. I need to know what's up, what's good, what's new, right? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. need to be up with the humor, with the memes and mm-hmm. shit. That's very, like, Uranus in the fifth. Hmm. Um, and I saw, like, I think it was advancedastrology.com that said that you know fifth house uranus can see creativity as a way to break free right which is because like uranus is all about like freedom and independence and i'm very much like that i feel like my because you know like some 
not because of anything to do with my Uranus, but I've struggled with my creative creativity over time. Like I am very creative, but I have this very like just specific vision of like what I want and what I want to create. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel almost like, um, some kind of weird impotence where it's like, it's, I, I've struggled to, to create what I want. Be- well, maybe because, you're just too rigid with your creativity. Well, I mean, it's just basically my whole life story. But hey, it's part of my journey. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm trying to get Mars out of the 12th house, okay? Anyway, um, but I feel like I do see, like, I know that, like, once I create, like, once I write that book that I'm trying to do, or once I, like, create this thing that I'm trying to create, it's going to feel so, like, freeing. Like, I feel like I'm going to be, like, letting my soul out of mm-hmm. the cage mm-hmm. that I've been keeping it in or something like that. It's, like, it feels like a very, like, trans... And I know Neptune's more about transcending, but Uranus is, like, about just, you know, breaking free, right? Like, mm-hmm. storming Bastille. Like, you need, a, <laughs> you need a release. Like, I am my own authority figure, and I need to usurp myself and cut my own head off. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I really look forward to seeing how that all pans out for you. Me too. Um, I mean, another thing that Uranus can be is just, like, shock value. And fifth house can have a lot to do with your sense of humor. My sense of humor, very much, like, shock value is a part of it. Mm -hmm. Just anything that's shocking, even if it's, like, really inappropriate. Or, like, loudness on the internet. If someone is screaming in a fucking video page, Dude, you're looking at, you're traumatized by a meme. I hate loud noises like that. turn the damn volume down. I do, but I get, if it's just, I can just see you sitting on your couch. I say, Jesus fucking Yeah, just getting all upset. (laughs) Um, That's your, like, quadruple or Capricorn stallion. Yeah, I think Um, I have, what, five planets in Capricorn? (laughs) Twelve planets. Um, So... Oh, yeah. So shock value has been a huge thing to me. I, when I was younger, I was really big into Chuck Palahniuk, who's the guy who mm-hmm. wrote Fight Club, mm-hmm. which is a very shock value-y type of thing. Mm-hmm. I really felt like this is my, like... This is the fucking Bible right here. Yeah, like yeah. this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And this, then... This is half my personality. This, moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, and I read a bunch of his other books that are just more of the same, just so like, just the grossest, weirdest shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, now is more of like a refined Venusian, mm-hmm. like artiste. I'm like, all right, Chuck Palahniuk, like we get it. You can yeah. talk about diarrhea and like blood coming dude, out of your- Dude bros love Chuck. Yeah. Dude, I used, like, I guess maybe that's what I was. On the reg, like talk to any fucking dude bro that has read a book and he's going to be like, Chuck Palahniuk is- I don't know. I've never really- Meditate. Talk to a dude, bro. I've never talked to a dude that's you that reads. My, you can take my point. <laughs> I've never met a man that's read a book. No, yeah, they're hard um, to come by. Um, and then another thing is, I read that fifth house. You know, it can be about um, like who you're attracted to. It can be about like your 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 sexual attraction, right? It's not who you end up with, but it's, like, who you're attracted to. Mm -hmm. Which, like, some people, like, they end up with people who are, like, not their type or whatever they thought their type was. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm kind of like that. Like... Alex isn't your fucking type? I mean, I had a weird type for a while. It was mostly, like, guys who had the Neanderthal eyebrow structure, like Mm -hmm. Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon. You know exactly. And, like, I I was into Italians for a hot second. Right? Dude, huge mistake. Ugh. Swarthy. Fucking worse. Smelly. (laughs) Fucking worse. I'm not kidding. Oh! Hey. Forget about it. No offense. I I have a a respect for Italians. I am 2% Italian. I I respect the culture and the history. Fuck Italian, dude. They're just ex- They're loud. That's what it is. It's not what it is. They're fucking rude. It's not, definitely, it's... especially if they're from Detroit. <laughs> Detroit Italians. Just are... any big city Italian is just. I can see that. Fucking. I've clearly Detroit. I've been scorned. Yeah. But I mean, when I was in Italy, I couldn't wait to get away from Italian men. I will say, I feel like I remember the Italian when we were in France and Amsterdam. And even when I've been to the UK, the Italian tourists are the most obnoxious. Mm-hmm. They're just and they're mean. And they're yeah, and they'll they're be they'll, mean. they travel in packs. Yeah, they do. And they'll they'll okay, so there'll be like twelve of them. Six of them are on like one half of the sidewalk, and then like there's a five yeah. foot gap. Six yeah. are on the other, 
and they'll start shouting it over you. Yeah. And they're in their very they're not moving. They're no. not gonna like get out of the way. They just no. they refused to bend. All right. Are we generalizing Italians? Yeah. When I hope the whole country hears this and knows what I think of them. I got egged, man. I got egged in Italy. Oh. What? Yeah. I didn't. I haven't told you. No. About this. I was in Naples, walking down the street. Innocently. Oh. Minding my own goddamn business. Eating gelato. No, we that was earlier. <laughs> and two fucking teen presumably teenage-ish Italian kids ride by on a bike, and as they ride by they smash an egg on my head. Yeah. I was wearing a hat, thank goodness. But it got all over my hair, all over my hat, all over my coat. It fucking hurt bad. They smashed my head as they rode by on a motorcycle. A motorcycle? Yeah, dude. Or like a, a moped thing. Oh, you, know? you mean a yeah. Vespa? Uh, yeah, a fucking Vespa. Dude. And then I had to like go into a random... And Naples is fucking rough, all right? Anyone that's been there knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's, I have not yet been to like, Italy. I'll say it. I'll stretch and say it's charming in its own very <laughs> specific way. But I had to like dodge into a restaurant and try to say like, can I use the bathroom covered in fucking egg? Anyway. Fuck Italians. There, I have so many other things that happened while I was in Italy. Oh, man. Yeah, they don't Dude, care. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's... I'm so sorry. There was also that one Italian that... Um, oh, what about... Fran... Fran... No. I, Francesco? Is it Francisco or Francesco? His name was Francesco, and you kept calling him Francois. Because <laughs> we were in Paris, but he was from... He was Italian. <laughs> Drunk! <laughs> and what? He ghosted you? He... So... Well, we, you were... you. He was trying to take you home, and I trying, totally and I said, no, and I, you because no, 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 you were but about I was to get grateful. date rape Because you, like... You went into the hotel... And he was like, you should really come. I'm like, no, dude, I'm going to go with, like, I'm not going to go back to some random ass Italian's Parisian apartment. Although now that sounds really cool. But <laughs> at the time, <laughs> I wasn't going to do hey, it. Hey, this was like right after Taken came out. Okay. Came out? Yeah, Taken, the movie. Oh, Taken came out. I thought you said Taking came out, like ketamine mount or something. Anyway. <laughs> I have no Taken. idea what the fuck you just said. Drugs. Anyway. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, none of this matters. What are we We're talking, talking about? We're talking about Liam <laughs> Anyway, fuck Italians. Go on. What about, what else about Uranus? Uh, I, what the, oh. So anyway, I had a type. Um, and they say that you can have strange love affairs. And I know I've talked about my past you know, two big relationships before, but I do feel like I was attracted. To, I've always been attracted to guys who are just kind of weird. Like if I meet a dude and he's kind of cute, but then I find out he's kind of fucking weird. So panties wet. Done. <laughs> right. Like okay. for whatever reason, and I don't even like the band fish because it's oh, a weird vibe. God. But let me tell you, Alex and my Doug and Adam, the only two other real relationships I've ever had, all huge fans. Alex likes fish. He does. I I'm hate that. afraid to admit. I hate that. I don't let him listen to it. He's not allowed. No, I was the same way with my ex. It was absolutely not. It's like, just, if a, I'm in the it car, makes me feel weird. Sometimes yeah, because like, it's fucking It's a weird bad. vibe. I yeah. feel like I'm tripping out on something. No, but not even in a cool way. No, and I'm like, I'm, in, I'm having a bad trip. It's just not good like music. Like a fever dream. It's not good music. <laughs> Fuck no. fish. Fuck it's weird. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't with this shit. Okay, so, yeah, anyway. On to you. So, Reva. This can't be good. Your your anus is in your fourth house, which is, like we talked about with the last, with your Saturn. Fourth house is all about family. Oh, God. Home. And so, it's kind of difficult. Um... Uranus in the fourth house, you can feel, you get a very black sheep type vibe yeah. when it comes to your family. Yeah. Basically, it can kind of mean that you, just like your home environment growing up was, you know, it wasn't very stable, right? Because Uranus is very much like, you know, just mm-hmm. shaking shit up, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. you didn't feel, and it doesn't necessarily mean like physical safety. Maybe you just didn't know what, it, what. There was what, no emotional safety. Yeah, like what. any day was going to be like right right? like maybe that's what it was and 
um, you typically in some way or somehow, some fashion, your family was just unconventional. Like the relationships you had, the dynamics that were around, mm-hmm. it was just different. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. you probably didn't even really realize it until you saw other people's families and then you're like, oh. I mean, thankfully I had some people, like I had friends that were like, not that they would like check me, but they would be, they would validate what I was seeing, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like I knew that mine was special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just basically means that, you know, you didn't hundred percent fit in with your family. You've always felt like kind of like the outcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also be just the journey that you have is you really need to find like a balance between you know, the Uranian idea of freedom Mm -hmm. and family, right? You Mm -hmm. need to be able to kind of maintain those things both (laughs) separately. Mm -hmm. Um, And that sometimes it can have a lot to do with like you like moving to Mm -hmm. like your home, right? So like if you find yourself in situations where you just feel very stifled or like, you know, like you, you feel like you can't get a breath of fresh air metaphorically in your life, then maybe you just up and leave, right? Mm-hmm. Like you go somewhere else or you move to a new, even mm-hmm. just a different apartment or something. Mm-hmm. And I know you've had, you know, periods of your life where you've moved, like mm-hmm. moving, which, okay, this, this makes sense. Moving for you can be a very like sudden and radical change, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you move to Portland and then when you move back from Portland, mm-hmm. it's very like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. explosive. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also tend to, because of your upbringing, you kind of, your family, the way you feel, the way you view family can be, can be very like rationally, like instead of an emotional thing, it's something mm-hmm. you probably struggle with. Like you tend to rationalize the relationships you have with your family, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, well, this is my mom and this is the relationship I have with my mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's very like a very like mental, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, there's no, like, real emotional undercurrent thing to it because, I mean, it's like a coping mechanism, I'm sure. Right, yeah. And then having your own family, obviously, because, you know, the experience you've had from the family you were born into, creating your own family can just be something you struggle with, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how that looks, how that feels for you. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be indicative, and this isn't always the case, but sometimes it can be indicative of you having, you wanting, like, a different something different than the traditional conventional idea of family, which could just potentially just be like, you know, you don't have kids, you don't have a husband, like Mm -hmm. you're just chilling, you know, Mm -hmm. you're living it up with your friends and your life and Mm family is different for you. Mm -hmm. So any comments on (laughs) your or my zaniness? Um, yeah, I would say all of that makes complete sense. Um, it's about like the with the what family looks like to me like I don't want kids and I never have and so I don't I don't really like think about it a whole lot what I want my family to look like I suppose but more I just want to feel supported so I don't really see it as a familial thing I see it as like what's a community and what's like a support network which can sound like a family yeah. to some people. Well, that's like a new, that's an unconventional family, right? Yeah. People yeah. that aren't related to. Yeah. Or just like having a gaggle of dogs around me at all times, eventually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be my family. So, yeah. Um, Uranus can, it can be rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like, it's fun and it's good, you know, when you think about, like, in, innovation and shit. But it can be kind of, it can just be like traumatizing because it is very radical change, right? Well, it's very, I mean, think about the French Revolution, right? And that's a big example that Roy talked about because that's when, um, you know, we first, that was the time, it was very Uranian, right? Because we yeah. discovered Uranus and all of those themes were happening. And like the French Revolution started off like, great, like this is going to be cool. Maybe it'll be like hoping it would be yeah, just like the American Revolution. like, Z, But Z then, like, all, all of a sudden, like, this is, dirty. like, very dark. Like, very we're dirty. murdering, like, we're decapitating and raping children. Okay. And yeah. then it's like, Napoleon came in and was like, anyway. No problem. I take this for you. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, that's, yeah. I think but, like, but you say, you say, like, it's fucking traumatizing and it's a lot. But, circling back to me... If I didn't have all of, like, I, I shudder to think of how I would have to learn all of the lessons elsewhere in my life if I didn't have this shit with my family. Yeah. Like, it's made me so much more emotionally aware and intelligent. For sure, yeah. And, like, it's, it's helped me understand things so much more. So, in a sense, I'm grateful for it. 
Yeah. I think it serves a purpose. It's like, it's kind of like Saturn in terms of tough love, but it's like Saturn on meth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is, Paige. And on that And note. I want to be weaned off. <laughs> I got to go to rehab. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, okay. So we'll, we'll quit for there. Um, next week we're doing Neptune. Um, no funny, stupid, immature jokes you can make with Neptune. Except for the phallical symbol, I guess, of Simon's staff. I like that. We'll talk about it. I like that. Um, all right. Well, it's been real. I guess we can put the wings away to rest. To rest. <laughs> <laughs>